Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. I did it. That was really loud. I did it. (laughs) Three straight shows in a row. Well, kind of in a row. But I actually did it. Three shows, as I've been trying to do for I don't know how long, all in one week. A Monday show, a Wednesday show, and now here, a Friday edition of Markets and Mortgages. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and it feels good. It feels good. Like I told you, I moved my studio to my office, so that way I can either do it before I leave for work, um, and then I also have a setup at my house. It kind of feels kind of baller. It's like, I remember like Rush Limbaugh, you know, had a studio in uh, Palm Beach and then had a studio in New York City. So I kind of have that. I have a studio near Wrightsville Beach and then I have a studio in downtown Wilmington. (laughs) So it's kind of, I mean, it's pretty much exactly the same thing. I should get like a license plate that says EIV1 for uh, my car. Okay. So it is Friday, which means it's Friday. It's the first Friday of the month, which means non-farm payroll. That is coming out this morning. And obviously, before we discuss what this report might say, we need to kind of recap what has been happening this week because it's been a very busy week, especially because it's jobs week. It was jobs week with housing data and also a Fed decision week as well. However, I think it was someone on Bloomberg, might have been Jonathan Farrow. Someone pointed out that this was the least anticipated Fed decision day in probably the last two years, maybe three years. I mean, because everyone, everyone knew there was not going to be a rate hike. There wasn't going to be a rate cut. (laughs) He made that very clear. Jerome Powell, that is, made it very clear there was not going to be a rate cut. Uh, or they weren't even really talking about rate cuts. So it wasn't, it was like, okay, yep, keeping rates where they are. Powell didn't really say anything kind of surprising. So it really kind of happened and then it was over. And it was, it was very forgettable, which I guess you could say is a good thing. You don't want the Fed being memorable. <laughs> you want them to be able to kind of work in the background and make sure that the, the economy isn't doing anything too crazy. You never want to be like a memorable Fed chair. <laughs> you know, obviously, unless you stop a disaster or the you know what happened with the pandemic or you know Bernat, Bernanke's dealing with, of course, the Great Recession, then of course you remembered or Volcker was dealing with inflation. You want to be remembered for being a Fed chair who, when the moment struck, was able to strike back uh, against and, and stop something bad that was happening in the economy or was going to happen. You don't want to be remembered for being someone who did something bad to the economy. You don't want to be known for that. So uh, it was sort of a, a forgettable Fed decision day, which, like I said, probably might be, you know, kind of a good thing in the long run. Uh, so we had that happening, like I said, with housing data. We got construction data. We got Case Shiller. We talked about that a little bit on the last podcast. But it was jobs week. And it looks like everyone, of course, is focusing on what is happening with the labor market. 
because inflation, as we all know, has sort of stalled. It's no longer falling. It's not really rising. It's just kind of stuck at, you know, well over 3%. I was looking at PCE. Core PCE is at 3.7. PCE is at 3.5. That, of course, is the, the measure that the Fed likes to use. So we're well above, almost double, what the Fed target rate is. And we're just sort of hanging out there, just chilling, not seeing any real movement. And so the Fed's like, all right. We, you know, inflation's obviously an issue, and there's some concern about, you know, the role housing is playing and all of that. Uh, but of course, the labor market getting a lot of attention because looking at the data this week, it looks like the labor market might finally be cooling. And I know I've probably said that eight or nine times. And I think if I say it 10 times, I get a, st- a set of steak knives. Oh, I totally stepped on my own joke. <laughs> I just. I flubbed the line. I was so excited to use my steak knife line that I uh, I flubbed the joke. But yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. Here we are again. Oh, could this maybe be the labor market finally cooling off after it really heated up, after the economy opened, after the shutdowns during the pandemic? So what happened this week? So the job openings number, well, we actually got private payrolls first. Let's go there. Private payrolls. We got those first uh, from ADP. Now, once again, how important is this report? Depends on who you ask. They've been so off recently with regards to what they're showing versus what non-farm shows. I I don't know. Uh, I'm not. It it still gets attention. We still watch it. But I don't know. It it hasn't been very accurate as of recent. Uh, So they showed in October private payrolls increased by 113,000. Now that of course was up from last month, 89,000. Now remember they were at 89,000 last month. Non-farm was it 330,000? So I mean talk about it. That was a big difference. Very big difference. So they were they were they were bad last month. Now they're at 113,000. However, that is still the second lowest number that we have seen since January 2021. So if not for last month if we had gotten that number, it would have been the lowest number since January 21. So clearly ADP is showing that private payrolls are cooling off. You know, we're, we're, we're well below where we were for the last two years. The fact that we're barely creating 100,000 jobs every single month. So that was, you know, one of the signs that, ooh, maybe the labor market is cooling. Um, if you want to know where the job growth was, Not surprisingly, education, health services, they were up almost 50,000. Trade and transportation was up 35,000. And leisure and hospitality was up about 17,000 in in September, in October. (laughs) This is November, right? Okay, yeah. October, that's the month we're looking at. And then the South, shocker, had the most job growth. 64,000 more than any other region. However, I think like the Midwest or the West maybe, wasn't far behind with like 40 some thousand. So it was really like two regions where kind of where all the job growth was. And then um, uh, medium establishments created 78,000 jobs. So the vast majority of job creation was happening with medium sized establishments. So not small, not big, right there in the middle. So that was the ADP report. But like I said, ADP is... ADP. (laughs) Take from it 
what you will. So that came out 8.15 on Wednesday. Then we got job openings. Now, this is, a, this is a good report. This, of course, comes from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the same place that we get non-farm payroll. Job openings has done a good job of sort of front-running or no, it's actually not front running. It's it's is it back running? Is that the? <laughs> it's because this is looking back uh, a couple months. Um, but what it showed is that as job openings rise, you're seeing job creation rise. As job openings kind of dip, you're seeing openings kind of dip. Uh, you know, for example, last month we saw a big jump in job openings, and then we saw a big non-farm number. And so it seems like job openings is giving us an indication because a lot of people have wondered, well, is this non-farm payroll number even accurate? Job openings is sort of like, eh, it, it looks like it because our data is showing similar movement in the labor market. So that's one of the things that I, that I like about the JOLTS report. What is that? That's a job openings, labor turnover survey. Yeah, <laughs> like I just cracked some amazing code there. Wow, I remember that. How amazing. So job openings, they slightly increased to 9.6 million on the last business day of September. Now, like I said, that was up slightly from the almost 9.5 million that we saw in August. But the reason that this was kind of unexpected, they were expecting job openings to fall to 9.2 million. So not only did they jump, uh, but they actually reached their highest level since May. So this kind of giving us an indication that there's still some heat in the labor market, at least at the end of September, which gives you an idea of what was happening in the month of October. We'll get to what the non-farm number is they're projecting it to be. Uh, quits were mostly unchanged at 3.661 million. That was down slightly from August's 3.663 million. <laughs> so pretty much unchanged. It's pretty much unchanged. Layoffs, however, fell to 1.54 million down from 1.8 million in August and the lowest level since December 2022. So people are not being laid off. Uh, quits really aren't happening. Layoffs aren't really happening. It's kind of just a steady labor market. A little bit of job openings. They jumped a little bit, uh, but they were expecting a bigger drop. So that's why you have sort of this disconnect and concern that, well, maybe the labor market's not cooling off like we would have thought. But here was probably the most promising uh, data set that we got this week, and this was yesterday, jobless claims. Initial jobless claims rose for the third straight month, 217,000 claims for the week ending October 28th. That was up a little bit from last week, 212,000, but it's the highest level in seven weeks. <laughs> I know you got, you were like, seven weeks? That's not that well. Hey, we will take it. Third straight increase, highest level in seven weeks. But here is one of the data points that really caught my eye. Continuing claims, they were up for the fourth straight week. They're now at 1.81 million. That's the highest level since 
April. So that's where we're seeing possibly some signs of there being a cool down or a slowdown, whatever you want to word it. It's these jobless claims. Because once again, ADP, it's ADP. Job openings rose a little bit, but it was jobless claims because that's the most recent data. Because once again, um, job openings were looking at the end of September. Private payrolls, like I said, once again, ADP is ADP. But jobless claims, this is the most recent data. So they showed, you know, three straight weeks, we saw an increase in initial claims. Four straight weeks of increases, continuing claims. So that all happened in the month of October. So what are we expecting today? Well, economists, they are projecting 180,000 jobs. Now, let's say the number comes in at 180. That would be the lowest level since June. But before June, it would be the lowest level since December 2020. So even if we hit the number, even if we hit the number or even a little bit over, it still shows that there is at least some cooling happening in the labor market. Now, if we get another knock it out of the park report like we did last month, <laughs> we're expecting what, like 120 and we got 330,000. If we get that again, then okay, all bets are off. And then we'll have to wait another month to say, hmm, I wonder if the labor market is cooling. But if we get 180, even if we hit that number, it will still be the second lowest month since December 2020. So we will see. We will find out at 8.30 this morning. Uh, also, what happened this week? Mortgage demand, as usual. Now, of course, this does not get the love that a lot of the other reports do. I like the weekly report. I'm a fan of the weekly report. And it showed that we have now reached a new... 28-year low. It's like every week we're seeing a little bit of a drop, but we're not getting out of that. You know, 1995 is the last time we saw numbers this bad. And we've been in 95 for a while now. We just keep hitting new lows that match what also were happening in 1995. So the mortgage market index fell to 161.8. That was a 2% drop from the prior week. And we're now at the lowest level since May of 19. 95. And it was across the board, uh, both refis and purchases fell for the week. Actually, refis, big drop. They fell 3.5%. They're at the lowest level since January of 23. <laughs> so we still are at that level. We have not gone back multiple decades. Uh, but, I, but back in January, it was a multi-decade low. However, purchases, they fell 1.4%. And of course, they're a much bigger indicator because they're 67% of uh, total applications are purchases, which makes sense. Not a lot of refis. I'm actually surprised refis have held on to like the 30-some percent level. And they've been sort of sitting there with where rates have gone. Because, you know, the refis that are happening are mostly life changes. 
um, divorces, death, you know, horrible things that are causing the refis. Maybe some cash outs. I understand that. But for the most part, that's it. No one's like, oh, man, <laughs> I should have refied. I guess maybe if you're someone who, that would make no sense, right? You're going to refi. So let's say the last time was in 95, and now you're going to refi <laughs> with two years left on your loan. Probably not. Probably not going to happen. So it's, it's mostly life events that are causing this. Uh, purchase index, though, they actually fell. To February 95. So even worse <laughs> on the purchase side. So let's see. Maybe next week we'll be finally in that 1994 level. We can say 29-year low instead of the 20. I'm not rooting for that. I'm just making light of the unfortunate news that is taking place in my industry, the mortgage industry. Now, here's something that's interesting. Or... I mean, it's not surprising. It's interesting, though. ARMS, adjustable rate mortgages, uh, they increased to 10.7% of total applications. Pretty big jump from last week when it was at 9.5%. It's the highest level since May of last year. Now, I remember May of last year when ARMS jumped and they were above 10%. We did see a lot of people kind of freaking out, like, oh, no, here, we, here it is. This is it, 2008 all over again. I need to remind everyone that unlike the mid-aughts, if you want to qualify for an arm, you have to qualify at the higher rate. So even though you want the lower rate, that's why you're doing the arm, you have to qualify at the higher rate or at the rate that we currently are. So this isn't people who, you know, in the mid-aughts, people couldn't qualify for a conventional fixed. And so they went the arm route because they could qualify. And their hopes was they'd be making more money or they'd be able to refi for lower or, you know, rates would fall and then they could go to a conventional. That was what they were thinking. But you had to qualify. You only had to qualify at the rate that you were getting with the arm product. They changed that for obvious reasons in 2008 with Dodd-Frank and all that good stuff. Uh, not good stuff, but that stuff that happened. And so that is a difference. It's important to remember that people are not getting arms because they can't afford the current level. You have to qualify at the current level. They're going the arm route because they want a lower payment. And they're hoping that when it does adjust, rates will be lower. And then they can, you know, refi to a fix at a similar rate. But yeah, I mean, so just you know, take in mind that, you know, the big jump in arms, it's not like it was in the mid-aughts. So keep that in mind. Now, here's what's interesting. Despite the fact that mortgage rates or mortgage demand fell, mortgage rates actually also fell. Uh, both reports, uh, the Mortgage Bankers Association that reports on the mortgage demand, they had the average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed falling to 7.86%. That was for the week ending October 27th. That was down four basis points, so nothing huge, from the week before, and is the first decline in eight weeks. Two months, first decline. Freddie Mac, the 30-year fixed mortgage rate for them, they had it falling for the first time in eight weeks as well, and they had it averaging 7.76%. That's for the week ending November the 2nd, and that is down three basis points from the week prior. So no... Huge moves 
but moves in the right direction. And if you're following the tenure, like I like to do, then you're like, oh, we could see some further dips in mortgage rates because the 10-year yield has been dropping uh, with all of the all the data that we've been getting this week. You know, signs of the labor market might be cooling off. Also, there's some things that are happening globally. Uh, you know, we saw inflation in the euro area fall. We also got the Bank of England decision. They had a rate decision uh, that came out early Thursday morning, and they held rates just like the Fed here in the U.S. And just like the Fed, the Monetary Policy Committee was very clear that they are going to be holding rates higher for longer. At some point, this is going to click with people. But it feels like they're constantly, all right, guys, we're not cutting anytime soon. (laughs) I mean, they're trying to make that as clear as possible. I know Powell did. Powell said something like, we're not even talking about cutting rates. (laughs) They're really trying to stress this. Uh, In the release, the Bank of England said, quote, the Monetary Policy Committee's latest projections indicate that monetary policy is likely to is likely to need to be restrictive for an extended period of time. So higher for longer. Doesn't mean they're going to raise rates, but they're going to stay elevated at five and a quarter for a little longer than maybe people were initially anticipating. Uh, we also got construction spending. It rose 0.4%. Exactly as expected. Economists hit the nail on the head. So I'll give them credit for that. Hit the nail on the head. Good for them. They got that report right. (laughs) Hey, you got to give them credit when they get it right. A lot of times I'm making fun of them for getting it wrong. In this case, they got it right. Um, All right. So once again, today we got (laughs) non-farm. I forget. I forgot. It's non-farm payroll. That is out at 8.30, and economists are projecting 180000 And once again, even if they hit that number, that will be the lowest level since June. And before that, it was the lowest level since December 2020. So still a pretty low report, even if we get 180. So we will see. We will see what happens. But it feels good. Did three shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Feel pretty happy about that. Think we can do it again next week? I think we can. So you guys enjoy your Friday. Enjoy the non-farm payroll report. We will be talking about it on Monday's show. But enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here Monday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.